Kevin Ives at AUPPL on Twitter, Plainsman Parking Lot. Joining us right now uh, for our weekly conversation, Kevin, as always, the time is greatly appreciated. I uh, hope you enjoyed a lot of baseball this past weekend, although it was a tough one on Saturday. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing good. Yeah, yesterday was a little tough. Um, Auburn got swept in a doubleheader, ended up dropping the series to southeastern Louisiana. Um, it's a little tough game. You know, the, they started making a pretty big comeback in the um, ninth inning of that second game, but um, really just kind of ran in. Steve, you can kind of see a little bit of playing as many games as they had been in, in as few days. I mean, that was, that'd be the math real quick, but Auburn had a game Tuesday, Wednesday, the game Friday, and then two on Saturday. And then not to mention the series the weekend before. So you can kind of tell um, Auburn's a little banged up. Was against Cole, was without Cole Foster that second game. Um, was already without Bobby Pierce and Joseph Gonzalez. So had some key parts that were kind of missing. Um, still not an excuse that, um, to, you know, drop the series. Just, I mean, I, I think you guys just look a little tired, but, you know, it, it's not something that, you know, you need to hit the panic button or anything. It just kind of happens. It's baseball and, um, if anything, it just kind of makes you hungrier as Auburn rolls into SEC play next weekend. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about with what their schedule lies ahead because I was just looking at that D1 baseball top 25, and it was a bit overwhelming. So we'll get into that uh, in a little bit. But uh, we, we talked about the busy week last week at the start of last week with five games coming up in a six-day span, and it really became uh, five games in five days because of the doubleheader. So it was a very busy week for Auburn. Uh, and, and they started out pretty strong in the midweek with the UAB and JSU games. And, of course, Auburn a little bit familiar with this southeastern Louisiana team because of last year, although, uh, as always, there's roster turnover. Uh, but uh, but I guess you hit on it a little bit. Was it just kind of the culmination of a lot of baseball and a little amount of time that, that caught up to Auburn on the weekend or, or just kind of what in what went into uh, that, that doubleheader loss on Saturday? I think, that was, I think that was a big part of it. I mean, Auburn... Um, was without some arms they had kind of used up um, or used a lot of in the games leading up to that that Saturday series, and then you kind of it's kind of weird when you play those double headers for the series because that first game you you don't want it to kind of get out of hand, and then you kind of left yourself in a hole for the second game. But really, Auburn just wasn't able to to generate enough offensively early, um, and I think that put too much pressure on the pitching staff and. Uh, weren't really able to recover um, well enough to win those games. And so, yeah, I mean, part of it was the schedule. Part of it was that, I mean, this is still a good southeastern Louisiana team. I know Auburn, um, you know, kind of really took care of business against them last year in the regional, but that team, that SLU team came in, like, missing nine pitchers. This year the team is, you know, is pretty much the same, but they've got all those pitchers back and then some, and, um, you know, they're already a pretty strong team to begin with. So, and honestly, I mean, that's kind of one of the, the beautiful things about baseball is that you, you can't really expect to win every game. You have to kind of – every game is going to be different. You kind of look – you know, Auburn dropped that series to, to SLU. Ultimately, Alabama drops their series to Columbia. Um, you know, there's upsets that happen all the time up and down the um, up and down the country. And so I think it was just something to where, you know, Auburn may have run out a little bit of gas, may have just was not um, able to – um, get on track offensively quick enough and really had to rely on some guys that um, needed maybe a bit more experience and um, weren't used to seeing the kind of offense that SLU has. I mean, they were a really solid hitting team fundamentally, but when but they get on base, um, they're a team that's going to run a lot and put a lot of pressure on guys. Um, and so if you have young pitchers that aren't used to 
um, guys that are going to constantly steal on them or um, use hit and runs to their advantage. You have to kind of get used to that, and it's something you just get with experience. So, uh, Kevin, one of the things that I always talk about, uh, and I mentioned this with uh, basketball early in the season, but I start try, before I start really trying to figure out how good or how bad a team is, I start looking for patterns and, and things like that. Um, with this baseball team, we're very, very early in the season, but have you been able to see some patterns, uh, positive patterns and some negative patterns uh, just from the little bit that you've been able to see? I don't think I've seen any negative patterns. I think that um, – you know, Auburn will sometimes get into a funk where they're, they're a little too aggressive at the plate sometimes. Um, and so that means shorter counts, um, jumping on pitches a little earlier than maybe they need to be. But that will really level itself out, level itself out over time. Um, as you get more at-bats, as you get more confidence, realize you don't have to press as much. Um, I've liked, you know, you know, as a maybe a good habit, the fact that Auburn um, has been able to kind of come back in games. You saw it. Um, a lot uh, the weekend before, you know, with the uh, walk-off wins um, and coming back in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. Saw a little bit of that last weekend. Um, you know, I think that's knowing that offensively that as long as you can kind of keep it close on the mound, your your team will kind of break through when they've, um, you know, seen when they've gotten that second or third at-bat and gone through the lineup the second or third time. So I think that's, you know, really a positive to kind of look for. I think some roles have already been established. Um, you know, guys like uh, Will Cannon and John Armstrong are going to be leaned on a lot out of the pen. I think you're trying to still figure out who your, you know, go-to weekend guys are going to be. You haven't had Gonzalez for a couple weekends. Tommy Vale has been great in the midweek, but he's been in the midweek, and so you kind of want to see if he's going to move to a weekend rotation. Um, you want to see how a guy like Zach, Zach Crotchfield develops as a freshman. Um, you know, he had a pretty good start on Friday, and so you you kind of, I think those are kind of the, big, the bigger question marks. You want to kind of see, you know, who's going to be that rotation when it gets solidified. Um, and you want to see what this Auburn team is when they're fully healthy, when you've got everybody back that, that you're expecting to be back. Um, or even if it's one of those seasons where, you, where you're never going to be at full strength and you just kind of have to make do and everybody has to uh, just keep the link going and, and kind of, um, you know, do their part and, and play as a team. Talking to Kevin Ives right now at AUPP on Twitter here on this Monday edition of Sports Call. And, Kevin, we transition into the next week of baseball for Auburn. It's a big one, but let's start with the Tuesday game coming up inside of Plainsman Park and uh, Auburn and Georgia Tech matching up. That's always a significant game. I think it's something that people want to see both in baseball and softball happen on a yearly basis, too really viable programs they're not far from one another talk a little bit about the meaning of, of what is a midweek game that traditionally midweek games are, are not the bigger opponents on a schedule but a pretty significant midweek game and, and what this georgia tech team is like i mean it's it's pretty big it'll be a home and home series it'll be the last home game before arkansas um you know before you start sec play um it'll have a na- some national coverage because it'll be the first game on the first baseball game on SEC Network this season, um, if I if I remember right. And so um, it's going to be it's it's going to be a good game. Um, and you want to kind of see um, how Auburn adjusts from what happened Saturday. Um, if there's even a little bit more hangover, um, you you really want to set the tone heading into SEC play. And this is pretty much your last tune up for that, um, because when you travel to Fayetteville, you're I mean, you really have a tough task ahead of you. And I think, honestly, the goal for this week uh, and why this Tuesday game is so important is because just going as simple as 2-2 two and two this week is going to be huge for Auburn. 
um, going forward. And I think that's, you know, the goal is to go four and zero. But I think if you're able to just go two, two and two, um, and kind of keep pace as you as you progress through the season, it's going to be a big deal. And it's a team that Auburn's familiar with. You know, they play them a lot more frequently. Um, they had the the regional up in Atlanta um, when you had the Stephen Williams heroics and stuff. And so the teams are very uh, comfortable with one another. They kind of know what to expect. Um, and so it's definitely going to be a good game on Tuesday. And um, like I said, you really want to kind of set the tone as you kind of transition fully into SEC play. And then looking ahead, as you mentioned, uh, a trip to Fayetteville, Arkansas this weekend to take on the Razorbacks. Uh, first of many tough SEC series. I was looking at this, Kevin. Six of the top seven in the country according to D1 Baseball, are in the SEC. And I think it was something like six of the top 10 or 11 to start the year, but now it's even worse. It's six of the top seven, but Arkansas being in at number seven, uh, how good is this Razorback squad? And what is Auburn, what is a realistic expectation for what Auburn is going to try to accomplish this weekend? I mean, they're going to they're gonna have a tough task to begin with because Auburn has not taken a series from Arkansas since like 2017. And has not taken a series in Fayetteville since like 2014, and so it's been a long time. Um, and you know Auburn, you know, really kind of has their work cut out for them because Arkansas is a team that can really hit, and they hit for power. Um, they've got power up and down the lineup, and they've got really good starting pitching. I mean, they've got um, the one of their guys, Will McIntyre, is SEC Pitcher of the Week, and pitched a complete game last weekend when they swept a really, really good Louisiana Tech team um, at home. You maybe hope a little bit that, that um, you know, Arkansas has two midweek games themselves. Um, they've got – they play a pair with UNLV coming up. You know, for me, selfishly, I kind of want those games to go as long as they can um, and, and to get a little uh, tread on some of the tires for the the Arkansas pitchers and the Arkansas relievers. Um, you know, they kind of set you up a little bit more favorably in the weekend. But I think for Auburn, you know, realistically, yeah, you can take a series. I mean, I think this is – a the, the team that we've seen um, on the field for Auburn this year, I think they can beat anybody. They obviously can. Um, and I think some of the as the season progresses, you'll see some of these non-conference wins look better and better, like the USC series. You know, Auburn basically swept them, um, and then they take they turn around and take a series um, from Stanford, uh, who was number two in the country at the time. And so I think for Auburn, the biggest thing is finding an identity on the mound. Um, kind of limiting Arkansas on offense and then just letting the letting the Auburn offense carry you a little bit um, and try to honestly don't make mistakes and be patient at the plate. I think that you're going to have a recipe for success. Uh, do we know the health status of Joseph Gonzalez or, or what do we expect for, for him in the, in the short-term future? I think he's supposed to come back. I think he was held out this week as kind of one final precaution. Um, starting SEC play. I think Brian Matthews had written a little bit about that, and Jason Caldwell, I think, had mentioned it as well. And so he should be back. Now, I don't know how long he would pitch, um, and I think that all depends on you know his bullpens and his long tosses and, and what he's kind of been working up to. Um, so I think he's supposed to be back, and I, and I would think that everybody that you're kind of expecting back should be healthy. I'm not sure what um, uh, Bobby Pierce's status is, um, and Cole Foster just had an abdominal thing on Saturday, and so you hope that's not something more serious. But um, I would hope and I, I would think those guys would be back, but you won't really know until um, you kind of get the final medical report on Thursday and Friday uh, when you're going through. But even if they don't play, 
Um, and even if Auburn's without him, you still have to find a way to win. You still have to suit up, you know, nine guys and, and go out and compete because, you know, like we've said and, you know, like it's pretty evident, it's not going to get any easier in the SEC. Um, and so now you, you really kind of, um, you're going to have your foot to the fire a bit. Kevin, looking at uh, a couple of individual players on Auburn's team right now, of course, Ike Irish, guy that everybody talks about, true freshman, uh, recruited in as, as a catcher, but uh, it seems like he has uh, maybe found a home over there at first base, at least for now. But I mean, what do you think the future is for Ike Irish as far as position play? And uh, obviously, we know he can he can actually tater the ball, but position wise, you see him staying at first, maybe eventually being catcher or, or just a DH. I think he. I think for the maybe the. I mean, this year at least, um, he's probably going to rotate and swap between DH and first base because Auburn is already so deep at catcher with Nate Larue and Ryan Dial and Carter Wright. So you're already three deep there. I don't know. I think it'd be more of the approach that Auburn took with Stephen Williams uh, when he was at Auburn I mean, and was highly touted and highly recruited. I mean, is a really really good player, and so you'll find a place for him on the field. Try a couple different positions. Um, and then you kind of see what your roster looks like in, in Ike's like sophomore and junior season to see if that, that need is, um, you know, for him to be a catcher and for him to be behind the plate. Because, I mean, I'll be honest, if he, if he transitions to a catcher and, um, and is, and kind of stays a catcher his sophomore and especially his junior year, um, if he continues to hit the level that he's, that he's hitting at, then he's going to be on the, um, Buster Posey watch list, which goes to the the best catcher in the in the country, and so it really is going to depend on what other pieces are going to be around him and what the needs are for Auburn and where he can kind of fit in there. And so, um, catcher is one of those positions at, at baseball and at college baseball level where it's not going to be just one guy all the time. With the amount of games that you're playing in the short period of time um, and the wear on these guys, like you're going to get some, you're going to end up using throughout the year. Um, at least two to three, um, and sometimes even four catchers. And um, like I said, for freshman year, I, I don't know if we'll see him as much a catcher, um, but we'll have to see what happens next year. Yep. Uh, and, and then finally, uh, Chris Stanfield, a, a, a kid that has really kind of come into his own. Has, has he turned into a guy that, that you feel like Butch Thompson just has to find a spot out on the field? And you know, he, a guy that you just can't have sitting in the dugout, he's got to be in there doing something? They'll find something for him. I mean, and I think that I think one of the benefits of, of being so deep um, as a team and him kind of emerging um, in those roles, he, and he's been able to play. You know, he can play every outfield position, um, and it kind of allows you to mix and match, and it allows you to replace um, you know having an injury to your, your guy who's going to be your everyday first baseman. It looks like in Cooper McMurray, um, and can can move people around, and so. When everybody's fully healthy, I, I don't know what the lineup would look like at that point. If you maybe move Chris to a DH, um, you know, maybe move put I could catcher, but they'll try to find a way, I think, to keep him uh, in the lineup because he's really turned into a very, very key part uh, in these games that he's kind of filled in and um, started, and you, and you already kind of see um, how comfortable he is at the plate and in the field, um, and so he's ready to play right now and. Um, I think you know Butch Thompson and Gabe Gross, especially, will try to figure out a way to utilize him as, as best as possible. Kevin, as always, the time is greatly appreciated. Kevin Ives at AUPPL to follow him on Twitter. Kevin, uh, hope you have another great week, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Sounds good. Thank you, guys.